All right, audio is recording. Um, all right, let me get back to Skype. There we go. Um, all right, so uh, should we just count it down and jump in? Yes, sir. All right, all right, let's do it in three, two. Hey, everyone, it's Chris and Christian, and you're listening to the Radio, Radio Arcade, Arcade Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I, probably to you it did not sound in sync it definitely sounded in sync to me but no matter what it will be in the final product uh, so <laughs> I, I, I was laughing because i accidentally said podcast <laughs> it's, it's the pressure man it gets to me every time <laughs> every, every single time <laughs> <laughs> i can't handle it I don't even know what you would call the act, like the the sync speech pressure. I don't know what you call it. The sync up, it 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 stresses me. Um, <laughs> it literally breaks me every time. <laughs> so we're back, and uh, we're we're keeping it a little bit lighter today. Our last episode, we visited um, a fantastic study, but it was also a very heavy. It's a very heavy topic, but it's also a lot of stuff to mine um, in in homelessness. And while it was basically about that study down in the U.S., there is things you can extrapolate uh, for here up in Canada. And I know you and I talked afterwards. I was like, man, I'm I'm tired. <laughs> it was it was a good episode and it was a great topic, but it it's heavy. It's 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 got a bit of a drain. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we were really on for that one and just very like, you know, not not on edge in a bad way, but on edge in like, yeah, this is we were trying like, I don't know, in the sense that like, if you were a newscaster or something, or if you were legitimately some sort of an actual caster, <laughs> right? Like, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just felt like we were very on. If you're basically if you're someone who doesn't work for Fox mm. uh, and you want to present things factually and fairly, um, that's where that's where we were at. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes like when I watch them, I'm like, it that, it takes more effort to do what they're doing than to just tell the truth. Like having to keep like, oh, yeah, I can't say this because like I have this lie that I'm trying to peddle. So, you know, if I actually accidentally slip up and say something reasonable or like factual, then, you know, it, it's going to blow the whole operation. Which they're open about too. <laughs> like, anyways, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so today we are talking the legend of Zelda, my good man. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess I'll kick off. What prompted this uh, for me is I've been on a little bit of a of a Zelda kick lately. Um, and part of that's spun out from uh, stuff I've been doing on on OCR where it was like, hey, make your pitch. Like, where should this franchise go? And then, of course, the the topic I see at least once a year is somebody making the the comment like oh there should be a zelda show mm. or a zelda movie and i'm just like i don't know how that would work uh and then i go down the rabbit hole and i've been reading the uh twilight princess manga series um listening to an audio production that's like uh, a fan audio novelization of ocarina and um majora's mask and i've been checking out lore videos and all that and i'm as I'm just kind of sitting there absorbing all this, I'm thinking like my main experience with Zelda was Ocarina 
and Majora's Mask. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And o- Ocarina. 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 I've heard it pronounced both. Just, I just don't know. <laughs> I I need. Uh, you know, we ever end up making enough money. Um, but like we're still in the sense like we're still separated. We still have to do this online. I'm gonna hire someone to smack you in the teeth every time you do something I don't like. Okay? <laughs> They're just gonna sh- sh- <laughs> a perfect, a perfectly rational response. You know, that's that's reasonable. I I, I accept it. I ac- accept this proposition. <laughs> um, so. Ocarina of Time. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, Go on. It's all good. Uh, That's my main familiarity with with it. And Mm. I know Ocarina is like, it's up there for Zelda fans. It seems like the biggest three are Ocarina, Breath of the Wild, and Tears of the Kingdom. Um, But I I messaged you because I'm like, I don't know if this is a controversial thing. But I prefer, in a way, Majora's Mask. And then I've been excited to talk to you about it because you're more of a Zelda guy than I am just because you've had the ability to keep playing the games. Yeah, yeah. And those those two games, like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, were, like, to me, revolutionary, right? Like, I'd never... Yeah. Well, to a lot of people, too. Like, I think Ocarina of Time is one of the first... Um, open world games or remotely open world, you know, like where you have that sort yeah. of bit of freedom, and in a sense, to a degree, like I, I think maybe it wasn't the first, but it, nothing like it had come out. And to my, or at least, okay, speaking for myself, I had never experienced anything like that. And yeah, I think it was nine when it came out, and just the story itself really speaks to a young man, a young a, a boy uh, of of that age, where. Um, you know, it's the hero's journey, right? Like I was, I think yeah. it was the perfect age, perfectly primed to to connect with that story. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. And I think at one time before, you know, Skyward Sword and, and all those other games that came out, Twilight Princess and everything, I think there was a time where, yeah, it was, you know, you were either a Majora's Mask person or an Ocarina of Time person, right? Uh, uh, but to me, at this is when I think I said that to you in the message where I'm like, I, I resent even the idea that one might have to choose or be obligated to do so. Right. Cause yeah. Despite being very different games, they're, they're also again, like two sides to one coin. I, I, I kind of feel like you can't have one without the other. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially because the turnaround time on Majora's mask, like it came out a year, year and a half after ocarina mm-hmm. and it was also after they were going to do a like a quasi sequel sequel to ocarina but it the system didn't do well enough in japan for it to ever get outside of it i just I think it was called master's quest i think um oh so it was like yeah yeah then, it's ocarina, that was yeah yeah so it was ocarina of time just a little bit different um like it was more difficult yeah. and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. um and then they then Majora's Mask came out, and it's not even to like a yeah a year a year and a half later, and they used like reused some of the exact same character models, and because it's like it's Zelda on 
on the N64 with some of these exact, like some of the exact same character models, voice sound effects and all that. I get how people can see where it's like, oh, this is like that that thing but it's such a vastly different game and it's also a direct sequel which to my knowledge is a rarity in zelda in yeah. zelda games like yeah. it's rare that they ever do uh, a direct sequel there's because mm -hmm. it's all reincarnations and, and different this game's ten thousand uh, years before timelines. the original <laughs> recorded history of hyrule and then the second the sequel to that game is ten thousand years <laughs> before that yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> there's clearly not a lot of thought to like. How is this ever going to make sense in like the grand scheme? It's like, what's the coolest idea we can come up with for this next game, and then find some way to make it relate to the other games? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, to be honest, that's my biggest thing. Where whenever someone's pitching, like, we should do a Zelda movie or a Zelda show, yeah. I'm like how though because if you tie like how are you going to tie it into the lore when the lore is this vast and oh, I, decided whimsically almost yeah that's the last thing they should be thinking about if they're made. like to me it's the the two biggest issues would be tone and um how the hell are you going to make a, a movie or a show around a protagonist who never, ever, ever, ever has spoken ever? <laughs> like, I don't... Like, what are you talking about? Yeah! yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I thought maybe you were going to be like, well, in the, man in the manga he, he talks or, or in, in the book. Oh, yeah. Like, Does he? No. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, they, they have to have him have dialogue. Yeah, I mean, um, assume, right? Like, how do you, how do you even do yeah. that? <laughs> it, well, exactly. It's like that part's... That part is less of a challenge for me because like movies and shows and other stuff where they're adapting from books or to a different medium where it's like, hey, you're like your links first person view. So you're doing the dialogue in your head or it's like just prompted. So it's like, OK, now we'll actually have the character say these things and develop a bit a little bit more. Mm. So that part isn't as much of a struggle like anytime you adapt a book to a, a show or a movie like one of the things you have to do is change that narrator exposition and then figure out which character how it goes to which characters and who says what kind of thing mm -hmm. um link talking i'm fine with uh oh. but i get why they keep that with the books uh, with the games yeah. because it's the insert yeah yeah it's it, again i don't think there's too much thought to like continuity or like how this is so <laughs> i mean but i just as someone like i've i've you know grown up with the legend of zelda and i i can't imagine link like what when you've been sort of imagining i guess what you would say or just imagining like yeah i don't even imagine what link had said i just think of like it, it seems like a lot of the things people say or the way they react to him, he doesn't, he could just literally be their stone face, not saying or doing anything. And, yeah. and it would still make just as much sense. So I, <laughs> I'm sort of like, I never imagined how he would talk or what kind of personality he would have because you realize that Link doesn't have a personality. So all of a sudden you have this character that everyone's, you know, enjoyed or related to or identified as for decades, literally like there was some of the people their entire lifetime. And now you're going, now you have all this pressure of like, I have to give this thing a personality or I have to do this kind of personality now. Right. And how do you do that? How do you choose to do that? I, I think 
I would be totally fine with them just completely playing it safe and having him mostly maybe just ask clarifying questions and not making any real definitive statements or being like, this is my perspective on the world or the situation, right? right? Like, um, so I, I think just having him have a, a very serviceable amount of diet, like only to move things along only, you know, that's, I'm totally right. fine with that. I don't need to learn more about Link as a person. I think they would, it's too risky. They would just ruin it. Uh, <laughs> that's, that is something that could be tricky. Like yeah. the, the, the tendency to over explain. Um, I know I shared it with you a couple of years ago and you just weren't a fan of it. And that's fair because fan productions can be hit or miss but as i'm re-listening to it now one of the things i like that they're doing with it um even if it's like okay i might not care for the voice that they casted um like having in a way having links pov um with certain things where it's like Man, I like the death of the great Deku tree weighing on him and him feeling like he failed and then having this little small voice nod him, but then also have him in like try to like finding his own courage because that's his triforce of overcoming it. It's like the audio production of it. They're doing a good job with that where it's like in that POV of like, I like I failed and I can't go back home and also like like Mito and all of them are, it fleshes them out a little bit more and I'm not finding it distracting where I'm like, if I was in that shoes, I would probably feel that way as a seven year old boy. Yeah. Um, so they're, so they're, they're doing well with it. Can I, okay. So wait, so does he, cause I remember in the game, like he, he didn't kill the Deku. Like he did what he had to do, but yeah. The yeah. Deku, so does he in, in, I guess this is in an odd, like, a, like you said, it's like fan fiction basically. Uh, more or less, yeah. It's like someone taking the taking the game and doing it like if this were adapted to a novel. Yeah. Like this is how it would be. So yes, in short, it is fanfic, but it's good. So in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'd be curious to because I yeah I can only imagine the the type of inner turmoil you get, especially yeah. Um. So. You know, does he ever have any, like, does he have a monologue or any sort of uh, dialogue about, like, I didn't actually kill the Deku tree. <laughs> and what, and it, it, for him, it's not feeling like I killed the Deku tree, but mm-hmm. it was, he got plucked out of, not plucked out of obscurity, but it was, he's been living with the Kokori for years. Uh, he's the only one without uh, a fairy, and the same day he gets... The fairy, he kills the, Deku uh, tree. the great Deku, the, the great Deku tree calls him, and he's like, "You're on this quest, and it like, if you come in, like, if you like, you can save me almost." And then, even though Link succeeds, the Deku tree still dies. And even though he says, "Like, it's not your fault, I was going to die," it's still that feeling of I could have done more. Like, I I failed. I fa- like you're dead. I failed you. How am I supposed to solve this if I failed you? Oh, I I can totally I totally relate to, to that, and I um I yeah, and I think it's also the other aspect of like okay, now everyone is calling me a murderer. Now that everybody thinks I killed the Deku tree, so it's like it, that that's heavy, man. That's you know you spend your whole life yeah. essentially a social outcast. And then you finally get your fairy, and then, and then when you finally get it, you gotta go kill everyone's dad, and then they all blame you, <laughs> and it's your dad, and you couldn't yeah. save him, and it's like, 
Yeah. Now I got now I'm kicked out of the only home I ever like. Uh, it turns out I didn't actually want a fairy. Uh, I just wanted everyone to be to just not such a dick to me for not having one. Like that's really all, all I wanted. <laughs> yeah. No, and then the stuff it adds, I I find adds a little bit like it's stuff that they weren't going to do in the game. Yeah. Um. So like, when Link gets attacked by wolfos, uh, while he's out in like on the field at night, like it goes into detail. Dude gets injured, like his leg is almost broken and gashed, and his face has scars. So he's like he's taken to a place to heal. So there's like an episode that would be a chapter of him healing and developing and struggling through this this pressure and this fear but this desire to succeed and also him being a sheltered sheltered child now out in the world and Navi who's got their her own baggage <laughs> like is just it's it's doing it really well mm. but it's also a book lends itself to being able to reference wider lore without having to like go deep on establishing some of this stuff that I'm not sure show could um, or movie. It's one of those I'm like on paper, sure, but how would that work? Um, yeah, and then so and it, it but back to the Majora's Mask thing. It wasn't to it's it's not to make the uh, make the choice. It it but it is something I've seen as I've been on this kick, um, dabbling in like the Zelda subreddit and other spots. I'm like I see this mi at times mixed reception to it, and I'm just like I don't get why because it's such a different game. Yeah, I think it's a holdover from. When those are the only two that everyone was arguing about, right? Like, I, um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, man, so many people take such strong stances on things that I, I mean, I get taking a strong stance on things. You know, sometimes it's necessary, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, with respect to that, I'm like they both, they both have. I mean, they're both fantastic games, and they both have a very special oh, yeah. place in my heart. And I think if we're talking about like a. a like a work of art or something that's more like brave or groundbreaking or, or just a, a more compelling story um, of how it got made. I would say Majora's Mask for sure. Right. Because, you know, I, I don't understand. Like, I think people are, uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 but I think there's probably some people who are just kind of like, Oh, it's kind of cheap that they, you know, reused all the same assets and stuff. And I'm like, no, do you, you, you basically like, like, is it cheap for me to use paint that another person has used before? Is it cheap for me to paint something that someone else has painted? Is it cheap for me to like, you know, if there's a stick in the world for me to use it to, for something like, is that, is that, is that cheap? Yeah. Like, I don't know, dude. Like, it, uh, so yeah, to me, it's, it's, um, it's, it only elevates it because all of a sudden they're, they're, they have a time constraint and they're constrained by the assets they have. They can't make a bunch of assets. They have to use everything that existed and they have to make a completely new story and world out of all these things that were made for this other game. And it's, to me, that's huge. It's, it's a, a very big accomplishment. And, and like, of course, you know, they did add some, some, there were some things that they made specifically for Majora's Mask, but yeah, a lot of it was, you know, all the characters were reused. Almost basically every sound and song was reused, I think, to some degree yeah. or another. I mean, again, there were some new songs, but there were some old ones and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, man. And and I think insofar as, uh, like, I, I think Ocarina of Time is, like, the, the classic, like, hero's journey story. And I think Majora's Mask is something 
um, a little more unique and interesting and, and poignant. And <laughs> it's, I mean, if I think it's more of a work of art for sure. It was, I, I think I lean the same way where weird enough, if I'm going to compare it to two movies, I almost think of like Ocarina as a new hope and Majora's mask as, as empire. Uh, empire is smaller than, than the new hope was. And it did get darker and a little more, I don't want to say purposeful, but personally focused. Mm. Um, like, not that Ocarina isn't absorbing because it is, and it's in a very different way, but like there's the time traveling, jumping back and forth between seven years, uh, like you're old, then you're young. And also there is dark elements in in Ocarina, like going uh, going into uh high like Hyrule Town Square and seeing all the people dancing happy and everything and then when you wake up when after you first do the master sword everybody's friggin' redeads and you're like what the hell happened? That was something that like okay so in addition to like I just want I'm trying to describe the feeling when you're nine or ten and you you were set out into this yeah. world with this story, right? And it, it was something that I had never like I, I you, you know games at that point had always been like linear like you're in like a you got to follow along a path and then all of a sudden like, yeah you're open to high rule field and you're like oh whoa what's over there what's that thing what's that mountain in this yeah and, yeah and it's like you know i don't want to i don't want to like undercut ocarina of time by like you know holding no. up majora's mask is this like work of art and it's more interesting and it's more deep and and it took a lot more to make but i mean there there, there are there's a lot of commentary with respect to like childhood um, in, in Ocarina of Time and, and I think that's mm -hmm. why it resonated for so many kids and it continues to resonate with us as adults right Right. Um, in addition to like the open world elements that's another thing that I had never seen before time traveling like I, I, I've started my character like my character changes the world changes there's you know yeah. I can go back in time I can affect it for, like it was just yeah. all these mechanics that I never experienced. Like a lot of people hadn't experienced before that had never been done, and it was just a it was a revolution, man. It was it was a revolution in gaming. I I really wish. I mean, it'd be nice for us to do an episode after you know doing a lot of research on the development process of the game, and and because I always find that super super interesting. Where because it's it's both mm -hmm. like it's art. Like these guys, they're, they're artists. You know, they're coming up with like yeah. whole worlds and characters. Thousand percent. But it's it's also art in a different way where you're solving very specific problems with respect to code and how do we get this to work and how do we present this in the way we want. And it's like these two forms of very disparate art coming together. And, and you, it, to me, it's just, it's, I don't know, it gives me a feeling. Like, I, I, I don't know, it's inspiring. Yeah. It's exciting. It's it's impressive. Uh, yeah, I would really like... It, it's always fascinating to me. Because to me, that like that is a hero's journey even in and of itself. Because they're going into the unknown, and all they have is their skills, and they're learning, and they're honing, and they're accomplishing things. And it's just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I And I love seeing you be passionate about stuff. It's, it's freaking awesome. Um, what I... What I like and I love what you said, and me saying, uh, in a way, the preference is is Majora's. That's not to take away anything from from Ocarina, but in a way, I I feel different uh, if I play or watch a playthrough or with that story uh, from Majora's Mask, uh, just because it 
is smaller in scale than than ocarina is and so i've even like i've read through just because i'm genuinely curious and other people are like well it's not as big and there's not as many people i'm like yeah but all the characters you have so much more of an impact with the npcs you encounter in majora's than you do in an ocarina because three days world done you reset time and so many of the side quests tie into the bigger story and they're deeper and more fleshed out it's not just oh go grab my chickens my five six chickens across the town <laughs> and even though you want to hit them until they they all go back crap and kill you like nope pick them up and put them back in my thing nothing like that's not nothing wrong with that as a side quest but it's very different than oh someone stole this lady's bomb bag but if you prevent the theft from happening then you can't find out what happened to the fiance who got turned into a child by skull kid and his bride-to-be thinks that he just abandoned her like it's that kind of thing that's so much more fleshed out where i'm just like the, the the stakes are layered a bit it's it's smaller oh, yeah. it's not it's just that it's the smaller more personal stuff yeah or even just this itself with the the masks um where two out of three of them the characters are already dead or or have passed on and it's their spirit in the mask but then the deku scrub one Never fully confirmed, but hinted that, like, right before it died, Skull Kid made it into the mask. And you see a dead Deku scrub as a tree. And then throughout the game later, you encounter, like, the Deku butler. And he's, he's like, you remind me of my son. Yes. My son went missing. I can't find him. And then during the end credits, yeah. you see that the Deku butler has found his son and he's just demolished. yeah, yeah. Like, it's that kind of thing that just hits different for me than than Ocarina. And no offense well, no, okay. to Ocarina. It's just, I'm like, what? Yeah, so, like, Ocarina <laughs> is, yeah, you don't really have too many interactions with the NPCs. To, like, or they're just sort of there to color the world. I mean, when you get to Kakariko Village, yeah, there's, like, a, a thing here or there. But really, you're mostly just taking on the dungeons. Right. Like that's yeah. essentially what the game is about. But with Majora's Mass, I mean, yes, there are dungeons, but the majority of that game is dealing with NPCs, dealing with their problems, their stories, finding stuff for them, connecting them. Um, and it's yeah. So the premise is like, yeah, you have three days or and the moon's about to crash into the earth. So by the time you get to the third day, you have to reset time. Um, the hitch is if you know, a lot of the, sometimes there'll be stories that you need an item for, right? To finish. Yeah. So you get it in the one session and then you reset time and now you have that item so you can get farther in that storyline. But one thing I really like what you were talking about, like um, that, that storyline with Kefe and his uh, fiance, right? Yeah. And that takes a lot of work. It, it takes like solving other storylines to like get and it takes like if you're going to to beat that storyline, then you have to start like at the first second of the first day and you can't really you, you have to be on yeah. it. And yeah, 
it's just it's fascinating right because like you if you miss something then all of a sudden you see Anju, which is is betrothed his fiance you know she'll be waiting where they're supposed to meet you know two three minutes before the moon crashes in the earth and she's like i guess i'm gonna die alone right and it's like oh crap like i, I have to reset time so i can make sure this woman doesn't die <laughs> and it's it, it's so much darker and more de- de- depressing in a lot of ways like the stories are very real and they're sad but yeah man yeah there's this aspect like yeah the whole the whole thing is dealing with npcs and their stories right it it connects you to the and world so much more like ocarina even though there's times where you could be like it's visually darker like i remember that first time encountering the redead or when you go into the shadow temple and there's stuff that's showing like oh there was torture like that's good dark visual storytelling but it didn't i didn't find it translated the emotional dark where Majora's Mask, even though at points it's bright and vibrant, it has the mood of, like, impending doom. And then there's weird side quests where it's like the one and only Zelda game with aliens almost even that you was don't my directly ma- see them there's there, that mission okay yeah yeah so that again like that's oh man I don't want to go through and describe every every story or mission for people but yeah I think there's like 50 there's 50 different like storylines that you have to sort of like finish yeah. and complete and uh, that one is is interesting because if you don't help her that night with the the aliens like if you don't help then you come by the next day and she's like she was abducted like she she's out of oh, it. Yeah. She's like, uh, what what happened last night? And it's like, yeah. Oh, she's <laughs> she's got the far away vacant look, yeah. and then her sister who loves her dearly is just so defeated. But then, even still, later, even if you save her, there's the dark aspect of like you go back and it's. You're finding out like, oh, it's the like the milk, but it's seemingly hinted at being an alcoholic beverage. There's an alcoholic version of the milk. And she's like, you're allowed to drink some tonight for the first time. Yeah, that's dark, man. Yeah, because it's like, right. (laughs) Yeah. Is it? And like one lore video I watched, they even brought up. They're like, there's two ways you can read this almost like one. It's like, okay, I'd like this person to be able to experience there's something they've wanted to experience before they die or they inferred like is the person not trying to get them drunk for nefarious things but just so the horror of that night won't be as horrific and it's just like bruh (laughs) it's so bleak it's both yeah i think it's 100 percent both like here's this thing i'm gonna let you yeah. experience this because you're about to die anyway and it's also it'll probably make yeah. it more palatable because you're intoxicated right i but yeah that's yeah. it's it's like imagine being in a position where you have to make that choice it that's that's dark as hell like the whole like man it's and it's so perfect how it came out like you know nine years old awkward of time you know 10 and a half 11 majora's max comes out so you're a bit more mature and, and it's just, uh, yeah. to me, like, if you were, like, eight or nine when Ocarina of Time came out, then you were, like, the perfect age. Uh, it, yeah, man. Yeah, Majora's Mask is so good. And, like, just what they did right. with all the storytelling and, like, the the puzzles of having to get, like, you know, connect everyone and, and resetting the, the, the um, you know, the three-day cycle. Man, ingenious, and, Chris. In- and that is... And that in and of itself, the three-day cycle, because that's, like, now there were people 
I like I've read and seen people talk about doing replays and stuff where they'd replay it enough where they save the stuff. So then they're like, at some point you could replay and get the like 95% happy endings. But still that was something that it like the game forced you to do where you're like, Oh crap. If like, you got to choose. Who's going to get a happy ending? <laughs> it's like, I didn't have to do this with any of the last Zelda games. <laughs> you didn't have to choose this. Yeah. Like... Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other, that's the other thing too, right? Because like you can, you can totally help. Like for instance, you can get Andrew and, and cafe to like be die together, which is the happiest ending for them, which like, again, this game cannot stress enough how messed up it is, but um, yeah, a lot of the best endings are people dying together. Like, that's the, the best yeah. you can hope for, which is, I mean, that in and of itself, right? Yeah, but um, yeah, a lot of them are like, <laughs> you're never, you're only doing it to get like an item to like help you with like the next uh, person or, or objective or whatever, or even, you know, just to finish the book. So yeah, it, it, on your very last, like when you break the cycle, um, there, you know, there were so many cycles where, and like, you just, you just had to ignore them. You're just like, oh, well, you, this time you are yeah. going to die alone. I don't know what to tell you, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, that never really, I mean, <laughs> but the least thing, the thing is, is like when you, when you beat the game, like when you do your final run and you, you finally take out the Skull Kid, everyone gets a happy ending then because the world doesn't end. So it's, you know, you, even if you didn't set up Andrew and Cafe, uh, but that, it, it, even then, though, it's almost like, hey, nope, like everybody lives. But then it's like, do they do they reconnect? Does Cafe because Cafe's turned into a child. <laughs> and it's like, does he somehow does that get reset? Do they like do they reconnect? Does she still think he abandoned her? Does their mom is their mom still casting aspersions on the older sister over on the ranch? Like it's that kind of like that kind of thing or like, okay, I didn't do the, if I didn't save the young girl from getting abducted, mm. like her ending's still bleak. It, it, even though she's alive, she's now an ab abductee victim, <laughs> scarred and horrified. Yeah. Um, and it's just that kind of thing where I'm like, man, it, it really added in so much more personal stakes. Um, that I found it connected me. It, I connected with it more personally. It's a very compelling um, way to immerse someone in, into yeah. their story. Yeah, to really get you feeling like like you are Link. Like you care about these people. You want to see them have a good ending, right? Yeah, yeah. And then even even with Skull Kid, it the, like the creepy little mannerisms they have with how he moves. But then as the game goes on towards the end, when it's like. Oh no, it's not this impish character with power beyond his control. This thing's using him now, like as a puppet, and he discards him, like tosses him over, like lifeless. Mm. And it's just like, bruh, bruh, that's a, that's a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or even seeing the reactions from people in the town and the like the term in the world over the three days where they're like 
ah, it's nothing, whatever. And then seeing the fear start to take them. And then on the third day, they're like bailing. And then other people are like defiantly staying there. Like, nothing is going to happen. It's just so immersive. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's that argument because they have the town festival. Right. And there's that argument where you have like the, the old white dudes basically being like, ah, we're going to stick to our traditions. Yeah. And damn the moon. And then you have like people who, you know, actually think are like, I don't know, man, it's getting pretty close. Doesn't seem like we should stick around, but <laughs> yeah. It's, I, and so that's interesting to be in the middle of, and you know, you get everyone's personality and then you, you get to like judge them and stuff, which is awesome. And, <laughs> and um, one thing, you know, that made me think of the, uh, the swordsman, right? Because on the first day he's like, I'm going to chop that moon in half. Ain't, ain't nothing but a thing. No one's got to worry. And the second day, he's, he's like even more confident. And by the third day, he's like, I'm going to go do it. And then you find him like hiding in his dojo in the back. Like, I'm terrified, dude. We are all going to die. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's and dark. Right? The moon, and the moon also the entire time it's falling isn't just a faceless thing. Like it has this pained grimace mm. on it. And that lore video also brought up just like as the question like is that a face of malice or is the moon in pain like it doesn't want to do this and it's like trying to stop itself like it's gritting its teeth trying to resist this pull down that the mask is forcing to happen yeah and it's just like and it's the tonal it's just this tonal darkness that carries throughout the whole game that's so much heavier than i never got to play twilight uh twilight princess but i'm familiar like i'm familiar with the story and through the manga and all that and people have described it as dark where i'm like it's dark visually mm. and it has dark elements but majora's is bleak it's heavily bleak they <laughs> and nailed it lets you the tone. sit there in that yeah they, they absolutely nailed the tone because like you said like it's not it's not like every moment of every second is like pummeling how dark and depressing and hopeless and bleak yeah. like there's many moments of like upbeat music and fun times and people dance and it's just but at the same time it's always against this backdrop of, of, of like tragedy right of like it's fleeting yeah and there's something while the happy music's in there the camera pans up and here's this grimacing moon yeah yeah slowing down or you got the timer counting down and it's kind of like life right it's kind of like life in 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 itself which is um an interesting uh paradigm but i i i do want yeah yeah with the with respect to the moon and its facial expression yeah it's inscrutable almost because like you're right like it could be like it's it looks like it might be bracing itself against the impact like ah! but it also looks like it could be it almost looks maniacal it almost looks like yeah I'm evil like i'm coming i'm coming for you like it's happening like it's yeah. it's, it's excited yeah. almost so yeah it's a very interesting expression <laughs> um, <laughs> and they what i like with it is they don't ever answer it like it's that's something i also really like with majora's and to a degree ocarina um i just can't think of a time where ocarina it like they they'd often leave no stone unturned where majora's you're thrown in and immediate you're like what the hell is going on (laughs) and it doesn't 
explain it for a while and then even still as stuff is going on you're constantly like i gotta solve this i gotta solve this and it doesn't actually necessarily answer all the time and i i really dig that yeah 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 with ocarina it's it's more like this is it let's accept it move forward right we're not going to explain a lot of what's going on here or the world or the concept of the species or anything like, that. like yeah 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 yeah, Ocarina of Time just feels more like like um, you know, like an adventure story, like a yeah, like a old school fairy tale. Um, but Majora's Mask feels like um, like you're just thrown in, into an actual living world in a way. Yeah, and, yeah, it feels a lot more alive. It feels a lot less like a video game. Uh, very interesting conceptually when you think of like, you know, how the first one played compared to, to Majora's Mask, like Ocarina of Time, like. Yeah, you're not, it's not a lot of socializing, it's, there's not a lot of, like, depth to it in comparison to Majora's Mask. Full of a lot of dungeons and fetch quests. Dungeons, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a pretty linear experience, uh, in general, never mind comparatively, like, Majora's Mask is very, like, not linear, like, it is, like, the, you, you know, you're always gonna have to do the same things in order to get to, like, the same spots, if, if you want to get there or with respect to things you have to get to, yeah, you're, you're always going to do the same thing, but you know, maybe the order in which you do it or the timing or, yeah. um, you know, the, the route you take to get to these, you know, linear points could, could be different. But with, with Ocarina of Time, there's only kind of one way to get to any one thing. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you maybe can tackle like a certain temple or two out of order, but, it's more of a pain in the ass like you're not gonna get anything specialized it's not like oh i have this new weapon now that's gonna help me in in the other dungeons that i wouldn't have had otherwise it's like no it's you don't need that weapon in those other dungeons you get what you need for the dungeon in the dungeon right so yeah yeah man no majora's mask it it, it did so much more to bring you into the world and immerse you in into the world and the character for sure yeah i think I love your description of it as as artwork. I feel like it's almost um, like you're in a way you're playing a novel, um, and not like the Telltale games, uh, like a, like a Stephen it's... King under the dome type novel, like a, a a giant thick thing with like a bunch of characters that are unconnected, like interconnected <laughs> within the book, but also in the past, and like yeah. Or like even the the Zor like on the Zora side of things in Majora's Mask, like you get the mask of the the bass player or whoever died. He, uh, but you played it's guitar player. My guitar. bad. My bad. Okay. Okay. My bad. Shit. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, but then his his wife just had children that got stolen from him and she's uh, from her and her her significant other's dead and she's not quite as catatonic as the little girl but she's mute because of how distraught she is it's messed up i forgot that like, he was here's a quest you gotta get some eggs back from for you gotta get these children that were stolen back to this woman who also just lost her her husband and you have a like your your mask is his soul like that's how you're getting in this body <laughs> Mikau, Mikau? yeah i think it was Mikau. yeah Mikau. yeah yeah i didn't realize that he and uh it's not princess rudo no no she's a sage at that point no, no that's some different chick 
<laughs> different and Rudo. Trick. She was in. She was in Ocarina. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, she. Uh, well, Again, I did Ocarina, not Ocarina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't. Really, I totally forgot that they were actually like. I th- I felt like it was like, you know, she was just in the band and he was helping out because he's you know like their like their link type of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't remember that they were actually together and he was trying to f- get his own babies back as well right and then he died and now she's without him and the tadpoles and but you you get the tadpoles back but yeah yeah they're in the pirate thing and the pirate fortress. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah. annoying that pirate fortress <laughs> <laughs> was it as annoying as the water temple it's been a long time since i played it, here's the, okay. since i played ocarina but i keep hearing effing water temple <laughs> that is generally everyone yeah okay now nine-year-old me totally agrees totally totally agrees um <laughs> 24 five-year-old me when i played it again on ds realized that it's because i was nine years old <laughs> I think just like, it's, it's still not like it's not easy there's you know a few things you gotta keep track of but it's a lot it's a lot easier when when your brain's more developed. Now, actually, now I feel like my ADD and like the the weed smoking has gotten so bad that I'm probably back to nine year old me functioning. <laughs> like, oh, this looks the same, man. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I think I genuinely think because my short term memory is so bad. Now, like, like it's happened to me. It's happened between you and I, like I think twice in the last few days, where you send me a text and I'm, I look at it and I'm like. I got to respond to that. And then I put my phone down. Uh, I guess it's because like, uh, what, what's that, that word, that, that term when you're trying to avoid demand, like pathological demand avoidance, I think. So, right. Yeah. I'm just like, this is demand on my attention and time. I will, I will respond to that in a second. And then I'm gone. Like it's, I totally right. completely forget. And then all of a sudden it's 20 minutes before we're supposed to do a podcast. And someone's like, <laughs> are you supposed to do a podcast? And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, my shorts, it's so bad, dude. It's getting, like, it, yeah, it's wild. So I think, I think, yeah, yeah I want to, I'm really, anyway, 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 yeah. So I think that would affect my ability to complete the Water Temple now. But you're right, that is a big thing. It is difficult. They could, they could just uh, throw in the, the countdown timer on the Water Temple. <laughs> It'll make you pay a lot more attention. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, now, like, now, I, now I'm timed. Okay. <laughs> timed and if i don't i gotta start this hell over again honestly let's do it yeah because the second i was like oh crap i gotta meet chris in 15 minutes i called you immediately i was like chris here's the answer for that text you sent me an hour ago i was like it's it's classic add it's like i'm right right against the wire and then i start moving and doing things like oh shit yeah i gotta get that oh oh bruh i deliberate because i was like i'm gonna go up and just uh i got back from taking luna out for like a two-hour walk almost um and i went and play started just goofing around in arkham city um and i'm like set timer <laughs> this time because i'm aware with this game if i'm not aware of the time i will lose track um so i had reminders <laughs> set just so i wouldn't forget yeah. and one of those times i texted you was around the time an alarm went off just being like nope you're doing this thing today you're doing this <laughs> you gotta it's like we're still on right because i kind of want to keep playing batman (laughs) (laughs) if not i'll just i'll just play keep playing arkham um now so i i I don't really have much more to say to it i i 
think it is i i'm with you to me it's it's a work of art and that's not to take away anything from the other game um because you also could not have you could not have majora's mask without ocarina yeah uh, literally you just right? straight up <laughs> well yeah because not only because the models but also like it being a direct sequel mm-hmm. <laughs> in the the child timeline like you can't take away that first game and Part of me would love, like, even though I don't have a way, I don't have a Switch, so I don't have a way of playing the new games, in a way, I'm like, my ideal Zelda game would be a merging of those two. Mm. Um, something I like a lot about the, because um, I've listened to it before, uh, the the fan audio novel, um, but I started Majora's Mask. I was like, you know what? I want to get reused to these voices and the people playing them. So I'm just going to go back and start. Um, something they did really well with the audio novel. And at times I felt like if I'm going to point at a game, they were taking reference from Majora's Mask is there were certain spots where it allowed you to like breathe in the, the, the devastation of what's going on. Cause in Ocarina, it's like, oh, everybody's re-dead. I've, I've still got to go off and do this quest. But the audiobook sits there with it. So, like, Ganondorf sacking the the castle in Hylia, like, no, you're, you're in it. You're in it as people are dying around you. And then you're in it from Zelda's perspective of, like, oh, my father just got killed in front of me. My younger brother, like, my family's gone. And Impa's sneaking me out. I'm like, that's the kind of stuff you'd get in Majora's Mask as a game that you didn't get in Ocarina. So, yeah, my my favorite Zelda game would be taking both of those somehow and just merging them into one one game yeah 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 i majora's yeah majora's mask is i really I, yeah anyway i'm just gonna say i'm just gonna just rehash like i, I really like the story book like the bomber's yeah, notebook yeah. like I, I like that that aspect of it where it keeps track of like you know your your the threads the story threads right um, yeah yeah it's just it's such a well-made game it's so well made like it, it's yeah, <laughs> it's so much more original and and not even just from like a story, but just like a gameplay uh, perspective than uh, Ocarina of Time. And but I mean, like you really got to consider um, these are the first three D games ever made. Really, yeah. like like not you know you yeah. had PC games and stuff, but we're talking about the console. Like this is the first time that. Like, you know, these developers, they've been working on 2D, you know, Super Nintendo 16-bit stuff. Now it's 64 bits, it's 3D, and they're designing, like, whole new styles of games, whole new styles of gameplay. And and it, it can't be understated how, like, revolutionary and unprecedented and, like, what a, an extreme challenge um, it was for, for these people and, and how they not only stepped up to the plate, but, like, knocked it out of the park. It's... It's like it's it's almost like World War Two or something, right? Like all the odds were against them, and they came up and they saved the world, right? Like it's that's almost how it feels. That's fair. Yeah. No, and same exact same I, sacrifice too. Exact same amount of sacrifice required. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the same amount of bravery, courage, um, sacrifice. They're like you can just switch them out. It doesn't. <laughs> the stakes were the exact same. Literally the exact same stakes. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So before we before we wrap, because I I feel like we're like there's not much more to add. Um, you still love in Tears of the Kingdom as much as you were. I'm I'm actually just curious because I remember how hyped you were when it first dropped, and you were digging the crap out of it. So I'm I'm just curious where you're at with it now. Yeah. So um, I didn't. So I did with it what I did with uh, Breath of the Wild, where I got the armor I wanted. I upgraded it fully, and I'm the only thing I have left to do is beat Ganon, and like I'm probably not going to do that. So in both games, that's the only thing I have left to do is beat Ganon. And I'm just like. I, I don't want it to end, but at the same time, there's really nothing else left to do, so I just stopped playing. So, um, I really, really, really liked it, though. It was a lot of fun. I, I might pick it up again. I, I would like to play it again if they do what they did with uh, Breath of the Wild, where they come up with, like, a, the master quest, um, like, the, the master difficulty. I, I would 100% play it again if, if they did that. Um, it's just... You want to talk about ingenious gameplay design? Like, holy crap. Like, you have... Like, there was one... I saw one quote. Okay, so there's this part in Tears of the Kingdom or this gameplay aspect where you have, uh, like, a glider and it's in the shape of, like, an eagle. And you... You know, you can attach fans or a rocket to it. Um, but generally, you... Like, there's these things in the sky where you can like set it on a rail, stand on it, and it'll slowly slide off, and then you you just glide through the air, right? Now, that's pretty dope. The thing is, is that it reacts to where you stand on it, so you can turn it, you can make it dive, you can make it like go up, and I, uh, I remember, I think it was one of like the developers at ID, um, who do like some crazy stuff, and he looked at that and he was like, "That is a whole game." In and of itself, perfecting that mechanic, that idea, that can be an entire game. And that was just a little tiny piece of Tears of the Kingdom. Um, one thing that you, that's been uh, like ubiquitous with respect to the response from other developers are like, how the hell did they accomplish this? What like the right. physics are perfect. They're everyone is just amazed, and it's sort of the thing. Um, it's a bit of the reaction we're getting from uh, the Baldur Gate, Baldur's Gate three that just recently came out, which is actually the highest rated video game on Metacritic ever, um, beating out all the Zeldas and the Mario's, which is oh dang, unpre- yeah, it's never been done before. They've basically held the top spots since Metacritic was a thing. So for Baldur's Gate three to come in, because Baldur's Gate three is the type of thing where like. You know, it's it's basically just like D&D. Like if you see, you know, in most games, say you see a locked door, like a locked door with like, yeah. a, like a jail cell. You know, most games are like, okay, I have to find a lock pick or I have to find a key or whatever. But with, um, with Baldur's Gate, you know, you could have a spell that allow you to slip right through or you can have a transmogrific spell which would change the door into something else you can have just like any spells that you would imagine like should be as versatile as they would be in real life are now it's not like you know your transmog spell only works on specific objects it works on any object right. that it could or would work on in your mind right and so that's why it's getting such a high rating um and i i feel like a lot of developers had the same reaction to Tears of the Kingdom as they're having to Baldur's Gate 3, where it's like, they're setting the bar too high. People are going to expect way too much from us. And these are quotes. This isn't like, I'm not like, you know, 
no. guessing. Yeah, they're, they're literally saying they're like, don't expect this from us. <laughs> don't don't go. <laughs> <laughs>